everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and if you've been following along, you may know that we finished season three of The Crown several weeks ago, and between seasons of The Crown, we normally like to dive into other content from the era to give us a more well-rounded view of the royal family at that point in time. Um, We've gotten a little bit sidetracked uh, the past few weeks. We were looking at the other Boleyn girl, and then we watched Elizabeth Part 1, and we vetoed Elizabeth Part 2. But today, we're going to get back on track. We have identified one of the few films of the era, uh, Whatever Love Means, a story all about Charles and Camilla in the 1970s and 1980s, starring Lawrence Fox and Olivia Poulet, Uh, along with a surprise appearance from an MCU star. As always, joining me to talk all things whatever love means are my two co-hosts. First, some people call this man Yum Yum. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, what kind of events could transpire in a person's life that would uh, lead to the nickname Yum Yum? Uh, I mean, competitive, like, food eating. Oh, okay. Uh, That was a twist. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I finally had one ready to go. Nice. Oh, you knew where I was going with that one. Uh, also back with us today, a woman determined to jump her horse over the tallest fence at her house, even if it means she'll wipe out in the process. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, how do you practice for a jump you know your horse can't make? You get a really good helmet. <laughs> uh, you pad the floor so when you fall... And then you just really hope the horse doesn't land on you because that seems like a genuine hazard of riding horses. For sure. Carly, did you watch the Kentucky Derby? Uh, no, but I heard some like fan, like some horse that no one expected to win one. So I expect there to be a movie, a very sentimental movie about that horse to come out in the next five years. It was, yeah, the, the horse was like 80 to one. And then they were like, yeah, we're not going to race in the, the belt. What is the next one? Is it Belmont after? <laughs> Wait, there's a race after doing... the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, that's the one that's the Triple Crown. What? Okay, yeah, fine. I think Kentucky Derby is the second Wait, one. I thought, yeah, well, well, I thought the Triple Crown is like when you won all three of the major derbies. True. I guess this. I guess they didn't win the first race, so it couldn't have been a Triple Crown. But oh, they're I'd... not going for the the third race. I would still make a movie. That's for that it. Horse. Just Kentucky Derby retire. Uh, again, I'll make a movie for that horse. I think it's very impressive to be that much of an underdog and win a race. Like, what was the horse's name? Do we know? Uh, ooh, good question. Sh- Shadow facts. It definitely was not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although it should have been. Yeah, that's uh, a good name. Rich Strike. Rich Strike. What? <laughs> Rich Strike sounds like they should have won. Rich Strike also sounds like a yum yum kind of name. <laughs> <laughs> good for Rich Strike. Yeah, Rich Strike. Anyway, Rich Strike coming to you in 2026. What if it's Rich Strike Strikes Back? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Uh, As always, right off the top, we want to say that if you came here because you're curious about whether or not the events that transpired in the movie Whatever Love Means uh, actually happened, you come to the wrong place because one, we don't know. Two, there was a disclaimer at the top of the movie specifically saying <laughs> that a lot of this stuff was invented for dramatization with an S. And yeah, we just, we don't know. So we're just going to assume that everything we saw here is as true as it can be with a little bit of leniency and, and go from there. Um, and obviously we we know what we know about Charles and Camilla from their appearance in season three of The Crown uh, which covered a little bit of like the beginning of the movie. There was some overlap. So yeah, I think to get us kicked off, 
Ivan, could you give us a quick recap of what we saw in Whatever Love Means? Yeah, so uh, Whatever Love Means, uh, the first act of the movie covers a lot of the events that we have already seen in the uh, later part of season three of The Crown concerning Charles and Camilla. We do we do get a little bit of additional color to some of it. So, uh, you know, Charles and Camilla, they meet at a polo match. Uh, you know, he, they start dating while Andrew Parker Bull starts uh, dating uh, Princess Anne. Uh, but in this movie, uh, it makes it pretty clear or at least, you know, strongly suggests that the entire uh, reason for um, for Camilla approaching Charles in the first place is to make Andrew jealous, which I I think that might have been hinted at in The Crown, but but this depiction makes that very explicit. Uh, so they start dating, and eventually, you know, the story kind of takes us in the same direction The Crown did. Um, uh, Charles, uh, you know, is in the Navy. Uh, uh, you know, Camilla becomes engaged to uh, Andrew Parker Bowles. They get married, um, and now we enter, uh, you know events that we haven't seen yet in The Crown that carry us over to what I think we understand to be the first couple of ep episodes of season four of The Crown. Uh, but we also get, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, um, bridging the gap uh, between seasons three and four here. Uh, so... Throughout his 20s, while Camilla is married, uh, you know, she and Charles remain friends, but he is now on a hunt to find, uh, you know, another uh, match for himself, which she uh, is very kind of supportive of like uh, the whole thing about him sowing his wild oats which uh dickie uh also seen here uh really pushes for uh camilla really like gets behind that whole sentiment as well so uh throughout uh, the second act of this movie we see uh you know charles uh kind of burning through a lot of different uh, uh you know both flings as well as, you know, potential, uh, you know, matches for marriage, uh, uh, but all in vain. And, you know, eventually he approaches his 30s, uh, you know, Philip and Elizabeth are not very happy about the fact that he's still a bachelor. Um, and then uh, tragically, uh, Dickie uh, dies, albeit off screen, uh, due to an uh, assassination Um uh, I was going to say attempt, but successful attempt. Um, and uh, this uh, really kind of rekindles the spark between Charles and Camilla, who now kind of actively start to uh, have an affair again. Um, and all the while, you know, Camilla is still kind of pushing for like, hey, Charles, you, you got to like settle down. You got to find someone. Um, and eventually it is suggested that he meet up with uh, uh, Lady Diana Spencer, uh, who he starts to court and date and eventually uh, makes a move to marry. Um, but it's clear that his heart still belongs with uh, Camilla. And the movie carries us through to the basically the lead up to the wedding of uh, Charles and Diana, really kind of ending it on a note of you know, this is not what Charles wants. Uh, you know, his one true love is Camilla. And, uh, you know, he's now being forced to go in a, a different direction through a lot of uh, external pressure. Uh, yeah, a uh, lot to dig in here. But those are kind of the, the bare bones of uh, whatever love means. Thanks, Ivan. Um, okay, so now we've seen kind of like, I think our second depiction of Charles and Camilla uh, they bore me. <laughs> uh, yes. Wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. Third, we we saw Spencer. Oh yeah. Well, wait, we never was saw Camilla, Camilla in Spencer? She was mentioned. She, well, no, she was there. Well, she was she there. She was there in the church scene. Oh, remember? Yeah. Like she she was giving Diana the stink eye. That's she had right. no lines, but she was there. Oh, that's true. Oh, oh. similar to Elizabeth in this movie, who had no lines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they loved giving Elizabeth lines in these random movies. 
I was I was shocked that they did that. Like I feel like in the crown, Charles and Elizabeth have like a very sort of like contemptuous relationship. And even in this movie, he's like, I think my mom and I have like a very special bond that no one will understand. But she doesn't say anything. I know. I don't know if this is like a fear on the behalf of filmmakers everywhere to like not depict Elizabeth. Cause I think like she, I don't know what do you think she's going to do to them, but <laughs> she, she, yeah, she, she's very like meek and, and silent here. But uh, in the meantime, we have a very like bombastic Philip who does all the talking and, and is probably like easily the worst on-screen depiction of Philip that we've seen. <laughs> Like, yeah. it, it just does not feel like Prince Philip whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's definitely up there. I'm trying to think of all the Philips that we've seen now. I thought that Philip was nothing compared to the, Bert, uh, the sorry, the Dickie depiction. Well, the Dickie depiction is like, it's a different take. Like, he's more crass and less uh, gentleman-like uh, compared to the crown. But Philip, like, I mean, the the accent, the mannerisms, uh, just the way that he speaks to Charles could not be more of a departure from the Philip that we know on the crown. Like, I mean, even, um, what was it? The Queen's sister, that very just kind of like C-minus version of Philip still felt more true to who Prince Philip was than this version. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, that was what I was thinking of, the Queen's sister version of Philip. I feel like the those two, like this, the Philip from this movie and that Philip are pretty similar to me. I, I mean, I think the one in the Queen's sister at least sounded more like Philip. Like, he, like he, he was trying to do Philip's accent, whereas this actor, I don't think had seen a single clip, clip of Prince Philip speaking. Yeah, it definitely felt like an actor playing... Philip like it wasn't very immersive especially in like the like the role of Dickie and Philip like I didn't feel like I was like oh yeah these are these guys it felt like ah yes actors um how do we feel about the depiction of of Prince Charles so here's where I kind of have to hand it to this movie like obviously this doesn't hold a candle to the Josh O'Connor version but like I was actually pretty engaged with this version of Charles. Like it was a slightly different take on it, but but one that felt, uh, you know, still very interesting and and very compelling in its own right. Oh, that's so interesting. I found him so boring. Like it felt like he wasn't (laughs) giving the line delivery, like the emotion behind it that I was expecting. Like, I don't know if they were going for more. I well back. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I suspect that the crown has made Charles a lot more likable and sympathetic than he really should be. Yeah. Whereas like, I would imagine that this version of Charles is perhaps a little more true to life. I, you know, I can't argue with that. Yeah, that's probably true. I was going to say while I was watching it, I was probably siding a little bit more with Carlin because this version of Charles is like extremely insecure, like more insecure, I think, than the Josh O'Connor Charles. Yeah, for sure. Like he'll say some, this version of Charles will say something and immediately be like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm so yeah. stupid. I don't react to that poorly. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Notice I didn't say I found him likable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just meant that it was like a very engaging performance. Hmm. Um, and this Camilla, I felt like, was very different than the Camilla that we got in The Crown. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we when you look back, did we even get that much of Camilla in The Crown? Not really from her point of view, which I think is the one thing this movie kind of does have, where you kind of understand exactly. more what she's thinking. 
a little I, bit more. Yeah, it feels like Camilla on the crown is more of like the role of like Camilla's friend in this movie. Because I feel like in the in whatever love means, right? She, Camilla's friend is the one who's like, you should go for Prince Charles because it will make Andrew jealous. And Camilla's like, okay. Uh, I feel like in the crown, it's Camilla with a lot more agency over like her own decisions and kind of like actively mm. making these choices. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, she also, again, maybe we haven't seen this far into the crown to see this part, but she also just felt more like manipulative of yeah. like the situation, which again, maybe they'll show later because it was more to do with like when she was kind of, when they started the affair again and then they were like, oh, let's find you a wife. Like, <laughs> I think they all feel more manipulative in the crown. Like these versions of, I think all four, like th that kind of like love square that we get with like Charles and Anne and Andrew Parker Bowles and Camilla like in the crown, they all feel so toxic, <laughs> but in this one, they just feel like muted and boring. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Andrew Parker Bowles comes across as a very, very different man he here in this movie than in, in the series. Like he, he, like in the series, like he seemed like he had a very like keen understanding of what was going on and he was gonna you know play his cards the way they needed to be played and kind of get his whereas this version just seems very oafish yeah the crown version of andrew parker bowles i don't think would ever accept watching his wife and charles make out at a party this version yeah. of andrew parker bowles is like well that's just my service to the country <laughs> oh yeah God, yeah that <laughs> I mean, they, they could have made an entire movie just about that. Yeah. Where's our Andrew Parker Bowles movie? <laughs> After you make your Rich Strike movie. Okay, that's the, next on the it's list. It's the Andrew Parker Bowles standalone movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like everyone here felt different. Like, I feel like every single piece of uh, royal media that we've watched that overlaps a little bit with The Crown, we, we've always seen like some overlapping elements of the different depictions, but here these sort of felt like completely different people. But weirdly enough, with some of the same lines, which like you kind of yeah. know must have been famous, like Anne saying like a bit of fun and like Dickie being like, oh, so you're wild oat. <laughs> that was yeah, interesting. And so, so, so yeah, so more on the Dickie thing, because I feel like th this movie gave uh, presented us with some additional information about that whole dynamic, because in the... In the series, it all felt kind of innocent. It was like Dickie was like, oh, yeah, you know, have your fun now so you can get it out of your system. And then, you know, you'll marry the right woman and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But he had an agenda here. Like oh, yeah. he wanted to keep like basically wanted to keep uh, Charles single to the point where all of his like other viable options would expire so that he could then present him with a distant cousin of his who would finally come of like legal age i don't think it was that distant i think he said they were second cousins yeah it was like his granddaughter and charles is his like great nephew yeah so that was weird <laughs> that it was like like the lady like <laughs> him and camilla are distant cousins i would say right mm -hmm. because what oh my camilla god they were <laughs> Camilla said that her like great grandmother or something was like Charles's great grandfather's mistress. But that doesn't mean they're related. Yeah. Oh, you Distantly. don't think that you don't think that Oh no, I thought that just that meant she that... was like the product of Oh no <laughs> of their affair. I thought that was just like we have a history of uh, mistresses <laughs> in oh. like 
Okay. Okay. So okay. So so, but in the case of this uh, this girl, Amanda, I believe was her name. Yeah. Like so, second cousin. So like yes, you know, th- th- you know, th- there's a non-zero chance that the kids aren't all right. Yeah, like when you still know the relative that you're both related to, he's still alive. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we've met like the character of Amanda in the Crown, right? No, we haven't. No, no, we, we don't haven't. really know any of the Mountbatten's. No. Oh my no. god. <laughs> and 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 honestly, like, you do have to wonder, like, how Elizabeth would feel about, like, you know putting a more Mountbatten into the bloodline. Oh my god. I, I can't imagine she would want this. And like at the same I almost wonder if Philip wouldn't want like so classic royal. It's weird to think that they were still doing that in like the twentieth century. It it is. Yeah, I mean very, very like very recently too, the nineteen seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Glad yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, this version of Dickie, I mean like yeah, he he just felt very, very off and he doesn't like flat-chested women. Uh, like, uh, I, it was it was hard to to make heads or tails of what was going on with this guy. Yeah, we finally learn how uh, Dicky dies here. Dicky is assassinated by the IRA. There's some weird, there well, not weird, but there's a lot of like anti-Irish sentiment, which made it all the more wild that at the end of this movie, we learn that this was shot on location in Ireland. <laughs> I mean, classic oh, abuse of the Irish. <laughs> I, I still want to know if Charles still kind of hates the Irish. I feel like he would hold a grudge against an entire people for this long. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, he's, he's the Prince of Wales, not the, the Prince of Belfast. Is there a Prince of Belfast? Probably not. Which one's okay. the one that they still own? Northern Ireland. Belfast. Okay. Yeah. So that, okay. Mm-hmm. So that would be a position that someone could theoretically it, it, hold. It could be. Yeah. I feel like anyone who would go there, you would just be like, if not killed, I feel like just... You would have tomatoes thrown at you upon arrival. <laughs> Did you say tomatoes? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, like it would be potatoes. No, I, I, that would hurt. <laughs> oh. so you know what? That makes sense. Uh, oh my god! Speaking of like comparing uh, the depictions we got, I felt like the Anne that we got in this movie was pretty similar to the Anne that we got in the Crown. Oh, this Anne was foxy. I feel so like was the Crown little... Anne. I mean, yeah, but this one, I don't know. I think that the one thing that was different is that, uh, you know, the crown version of Anne seemed to kind of make light of a lot of situations and kind of have her fun and have more wisecracks. This one felt very joyless. Well, this Anne was, I think, married for like two thirds of the movie. So, oh, oh, there you go. I feel like it's a different it's a different era of Anne. She can't be as fun when she's married. I, I will say, like, the first, like, 10, 10, 15 minutes of the movie, I had trouble telling Anne apart from Camilla's friend. Oh, same. They all kind of look the same. There was, like... Yeah. And, and there were certain scenes where, like, the role that she was playing was very interchangeable. Oh, my God. Who is this friend? Was she excited to be depicted or was she made up? No, I'm going to say she's real. I my My money's on real. Okay. Let's see if there's any plot stuff I want to talk about before we talk about. Well, actually, no. Let's let's do our last comparison. Uh, Diana Spencer. Oh, yeah. We've now seen. What I guess two. We're getting a Kristen third. Stewart and this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. God. Two different Dianas too, but I, two Dianas at very different points in her life. I feel like we should probably 
hold off on getting too far into the Diana discussion because we we've now committed a cardinal sin of watching something that has like passed like uh, you know like basically like passed beyond what we've seen in the yeah. crown. And and I kind of want to pretend like I didn't see the last twenty minutes of this movie. That's fair. Let's get a good depiction to compare with. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I mean, basically similar problems. I'll leave it at that. I I I will I will say this. Uh, like the scene where she is introduced, and uh, you know, they're they're sitting down and talking, and it, and it's sh- shooting her from behind, and uh, kind of a silhouette for like a split second. I wondered if the movie would just never show her face. Oh, I thought that too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that she was like that young. Oh when, no, yeah. When it started. Oh, oh yeah, it, very young. <laughs> and it and it seems like uh, I guess we also learned that it seems like uh, Charles may have had some like uh, earlier attraction to Diana's older sister. Yes, Sarah. Oh my yes, god. Yes, Sarah Spencer. But they never did anything. All right, let's talk about some fun plot points that we get. So. One moment that was fun was Charles is going back to his room and the butler comes in and the butler gives Charles a letter and it's from his father and his father says, please meet me. (laughs) (laughs) There's no intercom here. Only Anne gets the intercom. Charles has to read letters. (laughs) And the butler will wait for a response. This is so weird. (laughs) Like if he wants to have a conversation, just go visit your son. You live in the same house. You got to use those servants for something. They just have way too many servants and they're like, you know, I'll give you a job. I found myself thinking that more in this, and this is coming off the heels of like the, um, the Kendall Jenner cucumber, (laughs) like fiasco, but like just the, how much they spend on just other people doing like things they could do themselves. Uh, Like make breakfast. I, 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 I hate, I hate that I have to ask this, but. What is the cucumber fiasco? The cucumber, I mean, I haven't actually seen, I've just heard of the cucumber fiasco, but apparently like she wanted to make a snack and none of her like chefs or, you know, people who work for her were around. So she went down to cut up a cucumber herself and it was like no no way that anybody has cut a cucumber ever. (laughs) I want to know how she cut it. (laughs) I don't understand this. Like, these people were normal at one point. Did you just forget everything you ever knew how to do? That's also a thing with the Hollywood executives. They, they like, forget how to order food and stuff. Yeah, well, I, I remember way, 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 way back in uh, either season one or early season two of The Crown. I, th- I think maybe early season two when um, uh, Elizabeth was uh, talking to uh, uh, Mike Parker's uh soon-to-be ex-wife mm-hmm. and they were re- reminiscing about living in malta and how they used to like go grocery shopping together it seemed like elizabeth to her credit like was living like a pretty like self-sustaining like domestic life for a while yeah i i just think that's really interesting and like do you lose those skills like if you don't practice them like could the queen make herself a sandwich the if queen was to. like a full mechanic in the war. I think she could, but could <laughs> yeah. Charles? Unknown. Can Charles make a sandwich? That's your next I mean, movie. He... <laughs> yeah, because like, <laughs> you have to wonder. But no, that butler though, I, I felt so bad for him. Like like that, like what a shit job to just kind of take that level of just sort of verbal, like not even abuse, but just being talked down to and, and treated as just kind of like a, 
you know, a messenger like lacking any kind of like human like emotions or dignity. Like, ah, uh, Charles was like, <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't. What was the movie we watched where the butler like fully got in a fight and then quit on the spot? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, was it? Was it the Queen's was sister? It, was that queen also sister? the Queen's sister? <laughs> Who did he get in a fight with? Was it, was uh, it Tony? Uh, was it? Was it I not think Tony? So. I think it was Tony. Oh yeah, because Tony wasn't allowed to go see the kids. Yeah. I feel I mean this wasn't quite that level, but it was up there for sure. Oh my god. Yeah. So apparently Charles and Camilla have pet names for each other. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that sort of like become more and more of a thing throughout the the movie. So apparently they have this show that they really like, a radio show called The Goon Show. Uh, are either of you familiar with the Goon Show? No. Yeah, a little after my time. Yeah, me too. I have no idea what this is, but apparently there's a woman named Gladys and a character named President Fred, and this is what Charles and Camilla call each other. So much so that before Charles gets married, he gives Camilla a bracelet with G and F on it. Uh, what a wild, what a wild circumstance. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah like what? Why do they? What's wrong with just Bonnie and Clyde? They need to be more unique than that. It made me very uncomfortable. I, th- I feel like we got to talk about some of the, the the ladies in Charles's life. Yeah, so Camilla and Andrew get married pretty early in the movie, which really sets up like a very long endeavor for Charles to find a wife. He's turning 30. He's so old. He's, <laughs> I, man, I'm going to end up like Charles, guys. <laughs> He's just like the start of all the like millennials who don't get married until after 30. He's just, he's before his time. He could have thrived. Yeah. Maybe I have like ingrained like misogyny. I didn't realize they would do this for men too. Like I know that they did this for women. Like if they got past like 20, yeah, (laughs) they'd be like, you're so old. How are you not married? I didn't realize this was a thing for like Charles as well. You know, Charles has to bear the brunt of um, reverse sexism for like the entire (laughs) male population of England. I, I I feel like this dynamic doesn't even really apply. It's more of just like he needs to produce an heir. Yeah, I mean, probably something like that. Like they're just so, so like eager to just kind of establish and secure the bloodline. Like they, they don't they don't care who he gets married to or, or well, I mean, I, mean, I guess do, they but... do. But like they, they, they do. They very much do. But like they're they're less concerned about like, you know, him having a happy marriage and more oh, with yeah. just like, you know, him him doing a, a pump and dump. Yeah, they they're very concerned. They are perfectly fine with him marrying his cousin, as we know. So exactly, know. yes. Uh, Ivan, who is who? Who's your favorite suitor? Uh, okay. Well, uh, you already hinted at it at the top of the show, but we have a major MCU cameo here, where we uh, meet a very baby-faced Haley Atwell playing uh, Sabrina Guinness, who is the heiress of apparently like the financial side of the Guinness family, not the brewing side. But yeah, she uh, is one of uh, Charles's girlfriends, and uh, the the meet the parents moment doesn't really go well here, because she attempts to sit down uh, on a chair that turns out is Queen Victoria's, and as soon as she does that, like, it's over. There's no way they're they're letting her join the family. Um, I looked it up. This was Haley Atwell's very first screen role. Wow. Yeah. In the credits, they misspell her name. Oh my god. Oh really? How bad? Two T's. <laughs> oh, that's why Sam has IMDb up, and that's why it like says like as Haley Atwell. <laughs> I see it now. That's so sad. Yeah. 
I need to know if Charles like didn't tell her that on purpose or if he just like didn't think. Well, not only that, she sat down before the queen, which is a big no-no. I don't understand. Like, do these people not think? I assume you have to like get really nervous and learn all these rules and then forget them. I don't um, but to go back to your um, earlier uh, question uh, of who, who my favorite one of the suitors is, um, it's it's not Haley Atwell, um, but it is in fact somebody who also looms large in the mythology of our podcast. Oh, I, are you going to say it's Anna? <laughs> yeah. Played by and Andrea you know Riseborough. <laughs> yes. Yes. Car- Car- Carlin, are you, are you up to speed with what's going on here? No. So Andrea Riceborough, who played Anna Wallace, one of uh, uh, Charles's suitors, also played Wallace Simpson in WE. Oh, I like <laughs> how you guys recognize these people. I didn't even recognize Haley Atwell. I didn't make the connection. I'm, now that I'm looking at the IMDb page, I made the connection. I wouldn't have made the connection on my own had Ivan not said anything. Well, she looked familiar to me. So like I, I looked her up and as, as soon as I saw, I was just floored. <laughs> Crazy. I think my... The most interesting suitor to me, I think it's the Brazilian woman because oh yeah, the Brazilian there's a Brazilian I don't know if we ever get her name, but Charles is at one point courting this Brazilian woman, and apparently it doesn't work out because I think she's the one who I guess while they're having sex is like should I call you Sir or Charles and he says call me Arthur and she <laughs> doesn't get it <laughs> yeah I mean who would. I mean, okay, yeah. So that that whole scene, and you know, that whole I, I I don't know if it was really a montage, but you know, we we did see like a lot of like different like ladies in sort of rapid succession. Like, I I did think it was kind of interesting that like there was there's a piece of royal media that decides to kind of go into like, for lack of a better term, the playboy side of a, a royal like family members history like I, I imagine like most pieces of media would probably shy away from this part of charles's life speaking of i think the first fling he has is like a playboy model <laughs> i it just goes to show you what status can do for a man we meet one of the brothers but i'm not sure if we ever is it andrew probably andrew oh it's pretty obviously andrew because we we only get one of them i don't think we ever see edward anywhere edward's just never depicted <laughs> Yeah, I think he I think he would still be fairly young at this point. All right. So Camilla and and Andrew get married. Uh, They are pretty quickly pregnant. They announce this and then Camilla proceeds to like toast and drink a full glass of wine, which was wild to me. Uh, Classic 70s. (laughs) But Charles is the godfather and he takes this responsibility very seriously. I don't know. This it's just like it's not healthy (laughs) no like Like this whole situation i don't think it's healthy for any of them i just can't imagine telling a child like yeah that's my ex-boyfriend i and (laughs) like the kid would eventually learn that she he was like still having an affair with her i'd mess you up i feel like you would cancel your godfather i mean i mean do do you think there might have even been like i mean i'm i'm guessing the timeline probably doesn't match up but like any kind of insinuation about like who the father of this kid actually was I would imagine. I, I imagine not. It would, he 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 would have had to have been conceived while Charles was like off in the navy. Otherwise, yeah, I, think I so. imagine we'd be, we'd be like you know hearing accusations flying around about the lineage. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Speaking of the Charles in the navy, also kind of montage. I thought was kind of funny. He goes off to the navy. He immediately writes Camilla a letter. He's like, "I miss you. You're the only woman I will ever love." Camilla writes back, 
we should do our own thing. <laughs> I know. It really made it seem like Camilla like did not like him that yeah. much. <laughs> also, apparently, there's a throwaway line at some point where Charles is like, I have to go to bed. I'm going to fly a plane tomorrow. Did we know that Charles could fly planes? I, I guess there was a whole They arc. made such a big deal about <laughs> Philip. <laughs> about, oh, I was thinking that Charles seemed like he was traumatized by planes when Philip like took him on that like rage plane ride oh. when he was a kid. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But wait, wait, like Sam brings up a good point. Like if there was so much like so much hesitation about allowing Philip to learn how to fly planes, like how the hell did anybody allow like the future king of England to do it? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if it's like if you're in the Navy, they like trust you to like learn how to do it. And maybe they just didn't trust Philip's private lessons or maybe it was like a change of well no no no. but no you know what i'm saying though it's like if philip dies like big deal if charles dies that that's a fucking problem i want to talk about charles's birthday party so we get a birthday party for charles he gets his favorite group to show up let's see the three degree or three degrees um and we meet the queen mother and i thought the queen mother I feel like was similar to other depictions of the queen mother that we've seen as well. Yeah, that scene between the queen mother and presumably Princess Margaret, like it was so out of place because these two like had not been established <laughs> no. in the movie at all, were, <laughs> yeah. were then subsequently never seen again. But the movie just drops in like a single scene of them just gossiping about Charles mm-hmm. uh, just for like what ambiance? They just got to have as many cameos as they, because I guess it's like the MCU, you know? But this is where we get the comparison of Charles and Camilla to David and Wallace, right. um, which I feel like is a, is something that comes up a lot. And it comes up in the crown in the sense of like, I feel like they're really the ones who are like, pursue your love. And so I guess how do we compare these two kind of like doomed couples Oh, I just had so much more respect for David and Wallace because they actually committed to like leaving because the love mattered. But then like Charles and Camilla, they're like, oh, you would have to go live somewhere else. We can't do that. I would be depicted as like a terrible woman or whatever. Like, ma'am, you're going to be depicted that way no matter (laughs) what. Like that they wouldn't fight for their love. It just made me be like, you know, they clearly chose the like comforts of the crown sort of in a similar way that. Margaret did, but like in this case, they're actually hurting people because of it. And I was like, all right, I, I hate to say it, David, the Nazi, but you you had more uh, no more balls. I, I also like not not that the, the creators of this like film probably thought about this whatsoever. But in that scene with Queen Mother and Princess Margaret, like where is Princess Margaret in her journey at this point? Like mm-hmm. probably like kind of like in a sort of withering marriage with Tony. Or they already divorced. I don't understand when the divorce happens, so. I mean, it, it, I think it kind of, it's right around this time. I would think so, yeah. So Princess Margaret and the Queen Mother have lines in this movie, but Elizabeth doesn't. Yeah, that's a crazy thing that happened. All right, so it's after this that uh, Dickie dies and Charles and Camilla really start to get more serious. Camilla tells Charles that uh, he'll always be number one. But at the same time, Camilla is the person who volunteers to really commit to helping Charles find a wife. And it's kind of like through Camilla, or at least the way the movie shows it, that uh, Diana kind of comes into the picture. It's kind of like a mix of Camilla and Anne. It really just feels 
icky. It feels so manipulative. It's so slimy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. Like, is this movie supposed to make us like these two? Because I was, no. I mean, no. A, they're boring. B, they're, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I just, I wasn't into it. Especially, like, this version of Diana seems, like, so, at the beginning, is, like, so sincere. Like, yeah. the first conversation that she and Charles really have, she's like, I saw how much you were hurting at your uh, uncle's funeral, and I really, like, sympathized with you and i feel like you need someone to be there for you and charles is like thank you for saying that (laughs) i know uh it just uh, i felt so bad for her i know and then just like when you think about the fact that she was like a teenager you could have taken advantage of like a full-grown woman but you took advantage of a teenager and they like said that they're like oh you can like mold her and then after this charles moves 15 minutes away from camilla (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh my god. I'm telling you, they weak that they didn't just leave. It's weak. It is weak. I agree with you, Carlin. And so Camilla really tries to like then involve Diana in like Charles's life. She's like, Diana, why don't you help redecorate this new house? And Diana's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Camilla's like, it has eight bedrooms. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. So then Charles and Diana seem to like actually like start to develop kind of like real feelings for each other. And then we get this like horror scene of like Camilla just watching them through the window. (laughs) Yeah, classic. And then Andrew watching Camilla watch them through the window. (laughs) Just the most on the nose. So many layers. And then it seems like at this point, Camilla then becomes the one who's jealous. And like the toxicity just like starts circling in on itself. And the thing is like they, they end this movie very abruptly too. They do. Like just just as things are really bubbling up and coming to a head, it's over. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, like, it feels like everybody knows about Charles and Camilla because they're not very discreet about it. They're like openly making out at parties while uh, he's already engaged, right? While he's engaged, yes. But he's very much at the end of the movie, like right before the movie ends, he's very much like, "Listen, once I'm married, it's over. It's done." I feel like that would be the place where this movie would go next. Like, is it done? Yeah. <laughs> but they don't. They just cut it off. So that that was definitely an interesting choice by the, yeah. the filmmakers. They they think that there's some sap out there who thinks that it really ended then. I thought it was interesting that we get this scene, like, is it like four days before the wedding where Diana finds the bracelet? And she's like, I will, I will not go through with this. I will leave right now. Like, I feel like that's just never a good... <laughs> Like, if you're going to make that threat, why are you going through with it? Oh, she was just a baby. But also, these aren't normal people. Like, <laughs> not, not not even Diana. Like, she she had, like, a very silver spoon upbringing, and she she's also playing by completely different rules than the rest of us. I'm just saying, don't feel too much sympathy for anybody involved. I don't know about that, but okay. No, I mean, like, I probably will be still feeling sympathy, but that's that's true. That is true. Yeah, we do get a little bit of, like, at the end as well, the start of, like, how much the British people love Diana. I think there's a scene where Charles is like, Camilla, I need to see you. And is she running through, like, a, a crowd of people with, like, Diana's face on flags? Yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and I think they're jealous of that. Oh, yeah. They, they made a mistake. They made a huge mistake. They picked, I mean... They were like, ha, we'll pick someone we can mold. I don't think they knew how much people would love Diana. No, they had no idea. 
They could have gone with the cousin. No, I guess they couldn't. The cousin said no. Gone with the cousin. No, the cousin said no. Oh my god. We didn't even talk about that. How hard the cousin friend zoned. <laughs> I mean, oh, I wonder why you'd friend zone your cousin. <laughs> it's like I feared this would happen, but I see you as purely a brother. <laughs> like, based on what? <laughs> What a terrible miscalculation. Will you marry me? No, you're like a brother. <laughs> You'd think, you, yeah. The emotional <laughs> intelligence is so off. <laughs> well, the the other bizarre thing about that is that, like, while, you know, Dickie was kind of pushing Charles in that direction, you kind of assumed that he had already sort of, like, lined up the cousin and gotten her on board with that plan. But no, it turns out that she was just, like, an unsuspecting pawn. I like the idea that he was like, oh, she's a woman. She'll fall for Charles. <laughs> She wants to be a princess. That was it. Then never asked her. In fairness, like we've also like drawn some lines between Charles and Anne here on the podcast before. And uh, so, you know, that in in comparison would be a lot more appropriate. Taking a step back, I think this movie just like there was so little drama. (laughs) Like the crown, I feel like does a good job of whether it's true or not. The Camilla and Andrew situation, like they really, the crown portrays it as like, well, you know what? Queen mother and Dickie are going to form an alliance to force them to get married. In this one, it's just like, well, they actually legitimately just love each other. That's two very different depictions of the same situation. Yeah. And one is more salacious and one is just boring. Yeah. I mean, we've now reviewed like what? nine maybe 10 pieces of media outside of the crown that that relate to the royal family and like besides king's speech have any of them been good i'm gonna go with a no it really was just king's speech and 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 i'll just say it the downton abbey movie but (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i feel like we have we have more stuff coming up i feel like we were we were mount were we mount spencer i (laughs) i think we had mixed. I think opinions. we had mixed reviews. Carlin, you liked Spencer. I did like Spencer. You like Spencer a lot. Uh, we have the Helen Mirren movie coming up, not Elizabeth Part One, but the other Elizabeth movie. So the Queen, the Queen, yeah. So maybe there's some stuff in the works in like the more recent movie era. Because mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's like to Carlin's earlier point. Maybe there is some like kind of like tiptoeing around the royal family that kind of well, like especially has this broken era. down. Yeah. That's kind of like broken down over the past like decade or two. I think so. Did we mention that this movie was available for free? We didn't have to go anywhere to find it. It was available literally everywhere. So (laughs) if you had any interest in watching Whatever Love Means, you can find it on various platforms. And this movie I thought was kind of kinky. Oh, God. It was like upsettingly so. Upsettingly so. Upsettingly. It made me upset. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, well, Carlin, why don't you get us kicked off then? What was upsetting to you? Oh, God, they're (laughs) role-playing. I hated that so much. Like, I think it was at the very beginning where they were, like, role-playing as, like, Gladys and Fred. I think that it was just horrifying. I'm like, I don't, Camilla, I don't think this sex is that good. I don't know why this is worth it for you. It just, he just, it was so awkward. It was so awkward. I hated it. So I, that was, I'll start with that one. I have more, but I'll with start with that. Gladys and Fred. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Ivan, what 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 do you, what did you find kinky here? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, we mentioned it earlier. The you know, shall I call you Charles or Sir? Uh, call me Arthur. That's a good one. There's a there's one point. Charles goes over to Camilla's house right at the beginning, and Camilla tells Charles, "You're gonna find out I'm a slut soon enough, I suppose." Oh yeah. <laughs> there was also like, what was the line about? Uh, when like it was adjacent to Dickie talking about like uh, you know how all women today are like flat chested and he doesn't like that Twiggy girl, but he said something like very specific about whoever Charles was dating at the time. I don't know that I wrote down the following line. I was too taken aback by him saying flat chested women. <laughs> I I, like, and as what? if that's like a, something that the generations are controlling. Yeah, I think it was like it was it was basically like Dickie being a little like overly approving of whoever Charles was dating. But no, I, I, I don't have the full details. It could just all be in my head. Wishful thinking. So I have two. Oh, I found it. Oh, you did? Wow. Yeah. Dickie says that Camilla is experienced and has a bit of meat on her. Perfect mistress material. Ah, yep. There you go. That yeah. was the line. And then Dickie, Dickie continues on. Keep a moving target. Sow your wild oats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that, uh, okay, I will now formally submit that for consideration. <laughs> okay, I have two more. Okay. So one, they're all Anne related. There was one point where Anne was like, they're not letting me marry my horse, so I'm going to marry a guy instead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Anne. The I don't think horse- I even like registered that line. <laughs> I remember, yeah, now that, I didn't register it either, but yeah, that's a good one. I guess the horse girl, like... Apparently, her and Elizabeth just really wanted to be exclusively focusing their lives on horses, which like, okay. And then the next one, this Charles and Anne stuff, I don't know why this is so prevalent everywhere. Like there was this line, I think that Charles was saying like, Anne's getting married and she's she'll no longer be there for me like she used to be in response yeah. to her getting married. It was like, bro, where are your boundaries? <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, yeah, something about that, about how like, yeah, his his sister was his wing woman. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was a little. T- Charles clearly has like codependency issues, but I was like, what the, what is this? This isn't a nomination, but it's just something that I I want to mention. Charles's like test of like a good woman is like, will they watch me fish? Oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, like, what woman would want to watch you fish? <laughs> Apparently, lots of them. He complains to Camilla. He's like, this woman wouldn't want to watch me fish. And Camilla's (laughs) like, I think you're going to need to change your routine, bro. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The actual Balmoral test part two is, can you fake being interested in Charles fishing? (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, a lot of nominations here. I can get us kicked off. I like, I mean, nothing is going to top. President Fred and Gladys for me. Oh, God. I think it's because when that first comes up, Camilla also is like, by the way, did you know I'm not a virgin, Charles? <laughs> it, all, it all came together. I don't know. It yeah. was just, it was there the whole time. I, I guess I'll vote for that if it was one of my nominations. Uh, I mean, okay. We have there were so many good ones. <laughs> there were a lot of good ones. We didn't even nominate Yum Yum. <laughs> wow. Need all two right. polls. Like a bracket style. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Whatever love means. Uh, Anything else to say about this movie? Did we ever find out what love means? No. Like, that's so weird because it was about his relationship with Diana. Like, (laughs) there 
there was a line in the movie that it was like it wasn't actually verbatim the phrase like what whatever love means but it was something similar but it was like in his interview about diana i don't get why they <gasps> right this. right yeah so- <laughs> right that, that's what it was this is not a charles and diana movie so whatever it's one yeah, use let's, that let's, phrase let's save that Let's save the Charles and Diana discussion for for mm-hmm. better times ahead. Cool. Well, that's going to take us to a close on whatever love means and also kind of like this iteration of us talking about the crown. So we're going to take a couple months off, I think, as we do, and we'll be back at a time TBD uh, in a few months to talk about the crown season four. We get to meet uh, Emma Corrin. Yes. Finally. Yes. <laughs> as diana and so uh yeah i'm excited to get back into the crown this round of this round of other stuff was very <laughs> more more a miss couple of hit. stinkers <laughs> you know when we vetoed part two of elizabeth part two of the elizabeth <laughs> miniseries that it was a rough time all right so we'll be back soon uh in the meantime ivan if people want to catch up with you about the crown or any uh royal related stuff where can they do that the horse track the polo field is it a field uh well i know I, I was thinking specifically about like Anne, but yeah let's go with the polo field <laughs> <laughs> all right carlin what about you um twitter at carlin greenwald instagram at carlin underscore ge all right you can find me on twitter at sir sam chung but the best place to reach all of us is on twitter at crown around pod and that's all we got for you this time thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time and god save the queen god, god save, save the, the queen, queen.